Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're currently in a series called Forgiveness, God's Master Key. We've been discovering the many ways that forgiveness affects our own lives. Forgiveness isn't just about letting someone off the hook for their offenses towards us, even though sometimes it feels that way. Forgiveness opens up God's power to come into our lives. In our first week, Pastor Nicole talked about forgiveness unlocking healing in our lives. And last week, Pastor Quint Lindblad joined us to share how blessings come into our lives when we forgive, and also how through forgiveness, we can bless others. Today, we have a special guest joining us. Pastor Jonathan Mendoza is a missionary with Chi Alpha. He's going to share how understanding our own forgiveness can unlock God's peace in our lives. So let's get started today. Here's Jonathan Mendoza. Man, I'm so thankful to be here with you guys today. Well, I moved here in 2018, and ever since then, uh, the Lord has used people in this very congregation to help me go deeper in the Lord, to learn what it is to hear his voice, uh, to, to pray and to prophesy and to believe that, that he is moving and that he is working. So to be up here sharing the word with you today is so sweet. It's so sweet because he was so intentional to place me here in this place uh, for this season of my life. And uh, so I'm, I'm so thankful for you guys. And uh, so quick question. How many people here grew up in a house with siblings? That is a whole lot of you. Yeah, so did I. My, my mom... Uh, it was one of, she's one of seven sisters, and uh, my dad has a whole bunch of uh, brothers and sisters. I was blessed with just two younger brothers, and that was enough. Um, but track with me for just a moment, right? So did you ever have one of those fights that it'd be like super intense for just a little while, and then it would die down, and then you'd awkwardly try to make up by like saying something funny, or pointing something out and saying, hey, you want to go do something? Like, you're just awkwardly trying to get through the moment and, like, hoping that the other person doesn't bring anything up. Have you guys been there before? <laughs> yeah. So um, when I was younger, we had an above-ground pool in our backyard, and we would spend summer afternoons in it. And uh, one of our favorite things to do that would pretty much always end in a fight would be to smack each other with uh, the pool noodles. And uh, so I'm sure most of you have been there at one point or, or another. You're play fighting with someone, then one person hits the other a bit too hard, and you feel this, uh, this just tension. You feel it grow. Now all of a sudden, you're out for revenge, you're red-faced, you're breathing hard, and like you're ready to go at it. And so I remember those fights, and they would always end with us awkwardly being at like both ends of the pool, just kind of like ignoring each other for a little bit. Then we'd give each other the side eye, and we'd be like, hey, uh, do you want to maybe start a whirlpool or something? <laughs> and then the day would move forward. And uh, so I apologize if I just made anyone rele uh, relive any of those traumatic childhood memories. Um, my bad. But as we look at the world today, that seems to be how a lot of us function. There are so many avenues for us to get heated and to dive headfirst into a offense. 
Except this time, it's not about getting hit with a funeral. You jump onto the comment thread of any social media uh, site, and you can see arguments that go on for days. I know. Sometimes I'm in those threads. <laughs> and then maybe you turn on the television, or you Google any hot-button topic, and you're likely to get swept up in a whole tornado of opinions. Most of us probably don't even have to go searching for anything. All you have to do is to think about the last thing that a relative said to you. Or maybe you think about the hurt that you felt with that when that friendship fell apart. Or maybe it was the tension in the car on the way to church this morning. Anger, hurt, and offense, they cloud our lives. But there doesn't seem to be much room in this culture for forgiveness as we jump from one moment of offense to another. The world emphasizes exposure. They emphasize retribution. They emphasize other forms of justice, hoping that on the other side of all of that, there'll be some form of peace. If you ask the average person, their idea of peace is just the absence of conflict, where all of those worrying emotions and all of those thoughts just fade away. But this morning, we can be thankful that we have a God who has something better in mind. So we're in the middle of a series on forgiveness where we've been discovering how forgiveness can be the key to a multitude of things, both in, in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. So a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Nicole talked about forgiveness being the key to our healing. And last week, Pastor Quinn walked us through how forgiveness can be the key to blessing. But today, I want to talk about how forgiveness can be the key to our peace. Specifically, how God's promise of peace through forgiveness is so much more than just the absence of conflict. But what do I mean by that? What do I mean by God's peace being more? Let's take a closer look at what Scripture has to say when it talks about peace. So in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. I love the way the Bible Project describes it. They say the core idea is that life is complex. It's full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole and it needs to be restored. So shalom is more often than not used as a verb. It's used as an action word that describes taking what's missing and restoring it to wholeness. That's what scripture is referring to in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, when it says something that we should be familiar with, thanks to either Carrie Job or the wonderful amount of time that we spend in scripture every day with the Lord, right? Um, where it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. The peace promised 
is about putting something better in place of our brokenness. A brokenness which includes our relationship with God, our relationship with ourself, our relationship with others, and our relationship with the rest of creation. In the New Testament, the Greek word for peace is erene, which is always connected to the person of Jesus. Paul talks about this kind of peace in Philippians chapter 4, which we'll get deeper into later on. Uh, but when, when he promises that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is an action word in the kingdom of God. And it's part of his plan to build something better than we can ask for or imagine. But uh, how can we grab a hold of that? What does that look like? Well, if you're like me and you freeze up when people ask you questions, people can ask me what my mom's name is, and I'll freeze up in that moment. I'll give you a hint. It's probably in your bulletin. You've probably heard it a few times over these past couple of weeks. Uh, but what we're looking for, the key to grabbing a hold of all those things is forgiveness. And so while you're processing through that, I want to remind us of something that Pastor Nicole said a couple of weeks ago when she was preaching. She said, Christianity is primarily about forgiveness. The gospel tells us that God's plan for Edene came about through the forgiveness offered on the cross by one man. The promise of peace comes to life not through circumstances, but through a person, and his name is Jesus. But how does peace through forgiveness impact our lives? Some of you may be sitting here this morning and saying, but I've heard what Jesus has done for me, but that doesn't change how angry I feel. That doesn't change the fact that I can't sleep at night because of the things that I can't let go of. That doesn't change the fact that I've been hurt more times than I can count or even remember. So what does it look like for peace through forgiveness to impact our lives? It empowers us through two ways. First, forgiveness empowers us to experience peace. And I think the Lord reminds us of that in Scripture through this story. And so for those of you unfamiliar with the situation between Jacob and Esau, I'm going to help you out this morning. Because they were the first twins mentioned in the Bible, and to say that, that, they, that they have their fair share of issues is an understatement. Jacob managed to, swind managed to swindle his brother out of his birthright. And then on top of that, he tricked his blind and dying father into giving him his brother Esau's blessing. And so when Esau found out, he threatened to kill him. And that's when Jacob decides, I have to get out of here. And he doesn't return home for another 20 years. And so when he finally decides to make the return trip home, it's with this entire caravan that's made up of his family, that's made up of servants and animals and all of his wealth, and understandably, he's just a bit nervous. So he decides, you know what? I'm going to run interference. I'm going to send some messengers ahead of me with some gifts to give to Esau. 
And so he sends his first group back. And Genesis 32 tells us that when the messengers come back, this is how they decide to open up the conversation. Uh, Starting in verse 6, it says, We went to your brother Esau, and he's coming to meet you. And he has 400 men with him. And so when I'm reading this, I just imagine Jacob's face. Like, at first he's lighting up, like, oh, my brother's coming to meet me. And then when they drop that second half of the sentence, he just, his face just drops. And I, actually, Scripture affirms that for us in the next verse when it says, Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people with him into two camps, along with the flocks, herds, and camels. And so he's freaking out now. He's like, I, I, I got to do something because uh, people might be coming and we're about to get into a situation. And so he decides, you know what? I'm going to send two more groups of people with some more uh, presents and some messages uh, for my brother. And so scripture gives us a glimpse into his thought process in verse 20. It says, I want to appease Esau with the gift that is going ahead of me. After that, I can face him, and perhaps he will forgive me. And so when they finally see one another, Jacob takes his time uh, walking up to his brother. It actually says he bows seven times. And culturally, when you do that, the the reason you do that is because you're bowing to royalty. You're bowing to someone who is higher than you in the the social hierarchy of things. So, but Jacob's here bowing. But it says that Esau doesn't waste any time. Genesis 33.4 tells us that he ran to meet him, hugged him, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And then they wept. And so as I was looking at that passage this week, I noticed that huge chunks of it were already underlined. And for emphasis, and that past, my past self had left me with a few reminders. And so you see, about a year ago, God began speaking to me from that passage. And I believe he wants to say the same thing that he said to me then. He wants to say that same thing this morning. So many of you sitting here are experiencing some kind of inner turmoil. You're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with self-hatred. You're dealing with feelings of unworthiness and rejection. You walked in with thoughts of suicide and depression. Your peace has been stolen because you harbor unforgiveness towards yourself in your heart. You don't believe that you can approach Jesus this very moment because you aren't the person that you're supposed to be just yet. You say to yourself, let me spend hours beating up myself mentally and emotionally before I can enjoy spending time with him. Let me sit in this condemnation wrapped in my anxiety before I could find any reason to worship. Some of you could probably barely stand this morning because you feel like you have nothing to offer except the negative beliefs that you hold about yourself. You say, maybe I need to give God A, B, and C before he can even come to me. It's that same thought process that Jacob had in Scripture where he says, after that, maybe I can face him. After that, maybe he'll forgive me. 
Let me tell you right now that that thought process, those ideas are the spirit of religion. And when I say that, what I mean is that's the thought process of every other religion and belief system outside of the gospel. And what the Lord wants to say this morning is that he's come to set the captives free by reminding you here and now that you have been forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. As someone who has wrestled with this kind of unforgiveness for most of my life, I declare the heart of the Lord this morning when I say that unforgiveness has no place in the heart of the people of God. The key to finding peace, the key to bringing restoration back into your heart right now is accepting that you have been forgiven. Say that to yourself right now. Amen. He is saying, be still and know that no matter how you may feel about yourself, I am God and I am running towards you. You don't need to send uh, people to come meet me. You don't need to send all these um, things before you. I am running towards you. Don't put anything in the way. That's what he's saying to you this morning. You can stop. You can be at peace knowing that he's running towards you, knowing that he sees you, knowing that he's waiting to embrace you. And so, again, forgiveness empowers us to experience peace. But it also empowers us to make peace. In Matthew 5, 9, Jesus reminds us, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Acknowledging that you need God's forgiveness, believing that Jesus has given you access to it on the cross, and accepting it makes you a son and daughter of God. That means that right now, In this moment, if you've done those things, you are empowered to be a peacemaker. Through the Holy Spirit, you become a maker of what we talked about before. You become a maker of Irene. And so scripture talks about this. Paul specifically talks about this in his letter to the church of Philippi, where he emphasizes the importance of forgiveness when it comes to God working through us as peacemakers. In chapter 4, he says, I urge Iodia and I urge uh, Sintiki to agree in the Lord. Yes. I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. So to give you some context on what's going on, Two of the church leaders uh, in this congregation are having a disagreement. And Paul asks everyone to come together to help them reconcile. And so it's in this atmosphere of forgiveness that they're able to rejoice and that they're able to give their worry to Christ in prayer. And in verse 7, Paul points out that this atmosphere of forgiveness is where they also experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as they navigate life together. When we choose to walk in forgiveness, 
through the power of God, it activates a peace that goes beyond anything that the world can hope to imitate. Because their thought process is that peace, again, comes through circumstance. Their thought process is that peace is just the absence of something. They can't fathom the fact that peace is a living person. They can't fathom that peace is more than just the absence of something. It's the restoration of something. So the idea that we, through the power of God, can take all the broken pieces of the circumstances around us and, and, and experience restoration is something new. It's a miracle. It's supernatural. We have the power through Christ to restore what was lost. So every time that you feel that it's hard to let go, every time that you feel that it's hard to forgive, those who have hurt you, know that in that surrender, you are creating a space where heaven touches earth. Where regardless of circumstances, those involved have the opportunity to experience a connection and an encounter with the heart of God. Where Jesus is no longer an idea, Jesus is no longer just theology, but he is a person. So know that together as a congregation here, as, as the body of Erie First, we have the power through Jesus, through Jesus to help people experience peace that brings wholeness, peace that brings restoration, peace that brings real revival. Because again, revival isn't a circumstance. We don't have to wait for circumstances. It's a person, and we don't have to wait for Jesus. He's already here. Thank you, Lord. And so, as we come to a close with the time of worship, know that peace is available to you right now. Know that through the power of God, you can find forgiveness for yourself and for others. And in turn, you can find true peace. You can find true restoration. And so if you would like someone to pray with you to accept that forgiveness, to find that peace, know that our prayer team is waiting to partner with you at the prayer tables in the front. And so as we sing it as well, once again, remember that as we choose to walk out a life of forgiveness through the Holy Spirit, he will make things well with our souls. We can believe that. And even if you don't feel it right now, know that the truth isn't dictated by your emotions. The truth isn't dictated by your circumstances. Even if you don't feel it right now, he's waiting here. He's waiting here to, to plant it in your heart. He's waiting here to show you the truth.
Jesus, we are so thankful that you're moving and that you're working. God, we are so thankful that because of your obedience, we have access to your forgiveness, your forgiveness that can be poured out into our lives and into the lives of others. So God, I just pray, I pray right now, Lord, that as we leave this place, that we would know that it, isn't, it wasn't the building. It wasn't the fact that it was a Sunday morning, God, but it was the fact that this is the truth. Lord, that you have forgiven us, that you have forgiven us, that you have empowered us to be peacemakers. God, that we can go out into the world, God, and create spaces of peace for people to encounter you in new ways. Lord, I pray for divine appointments this week. Lord, I pray for divine appointments this week, Lord, as you uh, help people find peace through forgiveness. That you, Lord, through our obedience, God, people will encounter you. And so we ask you all this. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.